I decided to call an audible and 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 little trick 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 play and left you there for a second. Actually, I don't think it was me this time. So. Well, sometimes Declan <laughs> he has telephone Tourette's. He just hang up on you. So just so He's you know, smart. Yeah, all, all good. Yeah, no, ready to rock and roll. So I have to tell you, I loved your article on Corey Perry. I loved the opening line where you said it perfectly. Corey Perry wearing a blue practice jersey with the Otis crest and number 90 on his helmet was truly an odd sight after years of him being a thorn in their side. This is taking a while to digest for Oilers fans. That's fair, right? I would think so. I mean, yeah, <laughs> after all the years of of this team and these players battling him. Um, now, I mean, he goes back. He, he said in his press conference yesterday, you know, talking about the, the 2006 team, like that's how – how long he goes back. And of course, none of these players, uh, at least in Edmonton have been around that team. Uh, but in 2017, I mean, that was a pretty epic series. And uh, I mean, Darnell Nurse fought him very recently. I'm trying to think which year, but but for, definitely while I've been on the, on the beat. Uh, so yeah, these guys have had a lot of run-ins with him and I can't think somebody will, you'll probably think of someone else, but I, I can't think of a more uh, odd kind of player in terms of, uh, you know, current player, uh, to be wearing an Oilers uh, jersey than, than than Corey Perry. So uh, just strictly from the hockey side of things, um, it's, it's truly an odd uh, fit for the eyes, but a good fit on the ice. And then, uh, of course, uh, you know, most of my piece covered kind of the, uh, uh, you know, the off-ice thing and uh, situation and how he left Chicago with his contract being terminated and kind of the, uh, the scrutiny that that should uh, – kind of entail as well. So there's a lot of moving parts or, or a lot of uh, ways to look at the situation, I sh- should say, when it comes to Corey Perry and being an Edmonton Oiler. I-, I liked your your framing it as a distressed asset in Holland being there. Uh, he likes famous guys. Uh, Corey Perry is older, but and he's not fast, but he does a lot of things that help a team. And Holland is kind of the king of that. He, he hires famous people in age. You know, he probably feels like Perry's mid-career. I mean... To be honest, this is a Vander Kane 2.0. I mean, different players, different circumstances, but two guys that had their contracts terminated in the in the middle of the season. Um, I would say with the Vander Kane, we, we knew a lot more about uh, what had gone on there, what led to his contract termination, and and quite frankly, with the Vander Kane, um, you know, they were he and his agent were uh, came out and said that they were going to grieve that right away, and they did, and um, there ended up being a settlement, uh, uh, you know, several months later. Um, there's a lot we don't know about what happened with with um, with Corey Perry and, the, and Chicago. I mean, um, uh, but that kind of kind of like bleeds into this whole situation where uh, you know the, he was he was essentially uh, his contract was terminated for a workplace incident. So in a normal situation, um, that's a workplace, and, and you know he was fired. He was fired by his company um, for something untoward. Um, so he's got a week left to see if he to make a determination that the PA does uh, on his behalf, uh, if that contract is going to be grieved, uh, the termination rather. Um, and, and so I, again, I think there's some scrutiny here and, and that's again, out of the Ken Holland playbook, uh, brought in a Vander Kane that granted has, has worked out pretty well. Uh, obviously since he's got his contract, uh, extension there hasn't worked out quite as well, but I, but I would say injuries have played a large part in that, but, yes. uh, you know, um, and he brought in Jake Buchanan last, not this past training camp, but the one before. I mean, uh, that was somebody who uh, was just in uh, British Columbia Superior Court for, uh, you know, sexual assault. Uh, he was found not guilty, but he brought uh, Ben Holland brought him in while a civil trial was still ongoing. So, um, uh, you know, it's 
you know, the optics of it to me aren't great when, when you don't know exactly what has gone on and, and Ken Holland did his best to do his due diligence. But even he said, you know, he doesn't know exactly what went on for all the people that he talked to. So um, obviously more to the story. And, um, you know, I, I thought it was worth uh, questioning and writing about because uh, it's very similar circumstances to what happened with Evander Kane and everyone was all over, uh, you know, Holland and, and the Oilers for that situation. Um, so I think the, the same should be the case for, for Corey Perry. But, uh, you know, as long as uh, we're talking about the hockey player, that's a different thing. And I, I think there's a you know, real a useful uh, player that can help this Oilers team. But, the, uh, again, the situation, the optics uh, aren't particularly um, tasteful, in my opinion. Well, it's – and I mentioned this yesterday about politics, but the sports is the same. It seems like there's a playbook, and the playbook is – you wait until it, it, you know, dies down. Like in politics, if you've got bad news, like, you know, the government has spent $40 million on a, figuring out a toilet that will work in space and it's not going to work, you release that information Friday afternoon at 4 and you hope nobody notices it. It seems to me yeah. sports is a little bit like that, right? If there's a, a, a transaction or thing you're going to do, you wait a while because people are busy and they go about their own lives and the next explosion happens and then... Everybody's talking about that instead of your thing. And that does seem to be the case with a lot of these incidents. Fair? Yeah, I mean, I guess there was more of a uh, history, I'll say, with, with what, you know, uh, with Evander Kane. But I, I recall a lot of outrage. Uh, I, I recall a lot of people thinking, oh, this is perfect. He's the perfect player, which he was. I mean, look at how well he did in that first playoff for this team. Um, but that outrage didn't really seem to exist based on what I've kind of seen and heard and, and certainly the, the tenor of the press conference yesterday with, uh, if you look at the press conferences between Evander Kane uh, being introduced and Corey Perry being introduced, there's no, there's no comparison. Um, and, uh, you know, again, Corey Perry got, got fired from his company, basically, if you look, because that's a workplace incident is how uh, Chicago deemed it. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, you know, they waited almost two months. Um, obviously, you know, he felt he needed to work on himself a little bit. We don't know, you know, really what that means. And of course, he's entitled to his privacy. You know, we're not going to probably know all of all those situations, you know, circumstances as well. Um, but yeah, you know, time passed and, and things kind of were a little bit forgotten about. Of course, there's the timeline as well. He had to sign before the trade deadline uh, to be, uh, you know, act, an active player for for a playoff team too. So there was a timeline here. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. It uh, I, to me it just uh, some similarities, not 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 the perfect match between what happened with uh, the Oilers and Kane and the Oilers and, and Perry, but uh, the way things were um, handled, at least in the in the public view, uh, the press conferences, all that nature, uh, very very uh, polar opposite in my mind, and, and I, I it, you know I, I don't think that is necessarily fair. Uh, right. Do, do you think Daniel Nugent Bowman, our guest from the Athletic? Do you think part of it is that that so much was public right away for Kane in that situation? The, the organization was very public about about it, uh, and and not as forthcoming from any sources in this one in the Perry situation. Are you talking about kind of uh, news of the Oilers' interest coming out? No, no, I'm talking about when, when, when San Jose basically, you know. Uh, moved on from Kane. It was quite public, sure. and their and their tone was quite public and very very aggressive. I didn't I didn't feel like the same uh, torque was used by Chicago. Yeah, I mean, again, we don't know all the, the circumstances, so I, I don't want to, you know, speak out of, out of turn or whatever. But obviously, you know, there, 
if in a workplace incident, they, you know, they're, they're trying to obviously protect somebody else here, I would think, uh, in terms of Chicago, right? So uh, versus San Jose, you know, uh, Kane, uh, Kane just got um, suspended 21 games for uh, passing a, a, you know, a forged uh, uh, COVID-19 vaccination. And then there's a failure to report after the holidays there. Um, so that stuff, like, they clearly wanted him. Uh, there was a, you know, a, certainly a more of a, um, uh, you know, the, the the Sharks and Kane were, you know, at each other a little bit. Like, they, they that relationship wanted to end, you know, especially on San Jose's part there, uh, to terminate a, a contract. Whereas, you know, it was a little bit different. Again, was, again, a workplace incident with, with Corey Perry. Um, signed to a one-year deal as, a, as an older player. Uh, there's less money for Chicago to get out from. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, by all accounts, uh, and, and my colleague Mark Lazarus did a piece, like he said, about a week before this uh, all happened, that, that Corey Perry was like the model teammate, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, very, so, so that's, you know, there's, again, that's, you know, what I'm saying with, with the, you know, there's some similarities between what happened with Kane and, and the Oilers and, and Kane and, and um, or sorry, the Oilers and, and Corey Perry. There's some similarities, but the, the circumstances, at least up until the time that they were signed, where there are some differences, some key differences uh, there as well. Do you feel, Daniel, that, that because Holland is the signs Perry, Dylan Holloway looks good, Calvin Pickard's being talked up by the organization in a big way. There's two possibilities here. Either it'll be a relatively quiet deadline, which I don't truly mm-hmm. believe, or... Maybe they're going to go after a Jake Gensel or or maybe a like a, a bigger name um, and use some of that firepower, whether it be the first round pick or whatever else. Do you see them trading the first for a rental? And do you think they have a need in an area like a right handed center uh, or something like that that would be sufficient to, for them to to invest some real assets to get the player? Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I think there are a couple of key. Uh, I wouldn't call them needs, but they are areas of upgrade. And, and Corey Perry, again, for all the kind of um, you know scrutiny and 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 the kind of um, you know the circumstances with him brought, being brought in, kind of being a little uh, off, we'll, we'll say. Um, you know, I think even at age thirty nine and, and or sorry thirty eight and, and thirty nine in, in May, it could be a really helpful player for this team. And and so. Um, they need a little size and skill in their bottom six. Uh, Dylan Holloway, I mean, we're one game into the experiment of him playing center. Um, I think there's still a, a spot available for him on the wing if he can't uh, be a center on this team. But yeah, I, th- I think they need a right-handed centerman, ideally, or, or at least another center option. And um, I think you're looking, probably you want to upgrade the defense. Now, the obvious and, and key spot would be uh, Cody Cece's uh, spot as like number two, right? D number, the number four defenseman. Um, yeah. I mean, there are fewer right-handed de- defensemen available uh, in the league than, than lefties. And so, you know, they obviously made the trade to, uh, to, to get um, echo last season, which was a huge coup for them. Um, it's a little more, more, bit more challenging on the right side. So uh, goaltending is another, uh, obviously another issue um, that it's just tough to find the right guy. And with the way Stuart Skinner is playing and, and, you know, again, you talked about Pickard being uh, talked up and, and Jack Campbell playing a bit better now. Um, you know, there's, there's the, the opportunity or, or, or you know, it, it could have, it could be the case where they, they just, you know, stand pat. Now, um, a big splash, yeah. I, 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 again, it, there's, it's got to make sense for the cap. I, I think they could make a big splash. I, I think 
even with Perry, you know, even if Evander King can get going, I, I think there's still a, a top, you know, a middle six wing uh, position that needs to, needs filling or, or uh, would I, would ideally be upgraded. Uh, obviously right wing would be better, uh, but I think you can, you can find either wing and, and kind of patchwork it and make do. Uh, Gensel's name I know is out there. That's a, a very interesting player for the, for this team. I think he'd look great in, in this uh, in this jersey. Um, uh, I know he's a UFA after this year, but I think that's the type of player you're going to give up a first round pick, which should be in play at, uh, under the right circumstances. They shouldn't just be giving it away, but uh, they should be using that um, that uh, you know asset to their to the best of, of their abilities. And uh, somebody like Gensel would be worthy, in my mind, of giving up that first-round pick. And if they can get him, well, they, I mean, they're going to have to give up other things uh, to, to make the money work. But uh, the first-round pick should be going for somebody like that, even if it is just a rental. I wanted to ask you, I've asked this question of others, and I, I, I don't know whether I've received an answer that, that is totally satisfactory, and that might just be me and my bias, but... When I look at, at Gagne and Yanmark and Ryan and now Brown and uh, and Perry, um, there is some speed in there, but there are also some slow boots. How many slower players can you have on the third and fourth line? That's a good question. I mean, it, it kind of depends, I guess, how this team um, is, is, is going to look. I mean, if Dylan Holloway is, is your center, I mean, there's some speed. And he, he and Ryan McLeod have some speed. Now, are they upgrading in the top six and Warren Fogel goes down to your bottom six? I don't, I don't know that, that, that adds a little bit more speed and, and, um, and, you know, for checking ability with Warren Fogel in your bottom six. So yeah, I, I certainly, I mean, Ryan and Yam are to me are, are very similar players, obviously different, different handedness. Um, uh, one Ryan being six years older, but um, you know, I, I think they both, you know, there, there's some merit on having both of them on this team as, as penalty killers, but, there, there is some redundancy there. Obviously, Connor Brown, um, you know, his struggles uh, this season have been talked about ad nauseum. And, and, I mean, he should be a better player for this team. I mean, they're counting on him to be a top-six player. And if he can't be, I mean, I, I think there's there, – there's, I mentioned in the story is a, kind of a one-liner, but there's a real uh, choice, I guess, for Chris Knobloch to, to make come Saturday if that's the one Corey Perry needs to go into the lineup. So – um, yeah, I think, you know, ideally they need um, a little bit more speed in the bottom six, but there could be a little bit of tinkering to do uh, within the roster. Um, otherwise, I mean, you're kind of like hoping for the best, I guess, in that regard, because this is the roster that, that uh, uh, you know, you kind of have, you're not going to completely overhaul the top six right now. So a little bit of speed would be a little bit more speed, I should say, would be nice. But, uh, you know, I, I think in terms of, um uh, overall uh, importance and, and, and uh, the wish list and, and the priority list, I should say, I, I think it's a bit lower down than some of those other things I talked about. Got a final question. I'm just going to push it a little bit on this. Yeah. Would you be shocked to your shoes if when Perry goes in Saturday, Connor Brown is the guy who comes out? I wouldn't be. Uh, I mean, we've already seen him scratch once before Christmas. Um, no, I, no, I wouldn't be. Um, uh, to me, it's, it's, you know, Adam Murray's already off the roster. Um, it's it's kind of between Brown, Gagne, and and Derek Ryan, just you know because of handedness. I, I think, uh, yeah, Mark stays because he's a lefty, um, but uh, you know he'd be the, the next guy kind of in line there. Um, and, and you know Dylan Holloway should be up here to play. I mean that's what he's here to to do. So he he shouldn't be in the mix to, to come out. So I, I think it's you know 
uh, Brown, Gagne, or, or Ryan. Um, and uh, uh, I, I, I think if you're looking at penalty killing, I don't expect Corey Perry to kill many penalties. I think that puts uh, Gagne at a bit of a disadvantage. But no, it would not shock me in the slightest if, if uh, Connor Brown came out. I really enjoyed that Perry article. Thank you, Daniel. Have a great week.